I like to think about stuff. I like to think about stuff. I ponder a lot of different things. For a while today, I was pondering how badly I treated my woman. You men, it wouldn't hurt you to think about that a little bit. Or am I the only one that ever treated his woman bad? Well, I've done some crazy stuff. You know, I wish I could go back and redo things, but you can't. But you know what is nice? It's at least under the blood. And when I get to heaven, I'll never be able to see Kathy again. Because she's going to be out by Jesus. And Brother Knott and I are going to be out in a wood stove, burning with a wood stove out on the side here. <laughs> Brother Gless would probably be there too. And Nick, he surely will be there. We'll be on the edges. These women, I'll tell you, God bless their soul. I want to pray for these single men of our church. Hope you pray for the single men of the church. They find a good woman. We love them, stick with them, bear with them, help them, encourage them. I sure, I sure uh, became a rich man uh, in riches untold when I married Kathy Lee Moore. She was a real find, and only God could have done it. Only God could do it because I was too stupid to know anything. But God did it. I thought to think, what a... What if you had never been born? What if you had never been born? What difference would it make? What difference would it make if you had never been born? Would it make any difference in the world? Would it make any difference in the kingdom of God if you'd never been born? It's something that we're going to ponder tonight, and the title of the sermon is What If? What if? Things could be different. How many battles in history were decided by one split-second decision? And it's, they, they, made a, they made a decision to stand instead of retreat, fight instead of run, die instead of live. And the battle was won. One thing I've, I've observed experientially is that God loves to write last chapters. I heard that first, I heard that from Bill Gothard years and years ago. God loves to write last chapters. I rang a bell. I said, yes, he does. You can go through the Bible. You can go through your life experience with people and those. He likes to write last chapters. Uh, there were some. Uh, that's why I like to reach out to motorcycle people. Then motor, some of the motorcycle people get saved, make the finest Christians you ever know. Because God likes to write, write last chapters. Um, God loves surprise endings. I, I like surprise endings on stories. You know, it's going a certain way, and all of a sudden, boom, it shifts gears and goes a complete another way. It's pretty hard to get me. Pretty hard to get me on a surprise ending anymore. But well, I love surprise endings, and God loves surprise endings. Have you ever wondered what if some of the major characters of the Bible did not stand for truth and God the way they, they did? what would have happened. So I want to look at a few cases where one decision made all the difference in their lives. Let's look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's Daniel chapter 3, verse 1 through 30. Daniel chapter 3, verse 1 through 30. I'm not going to read it. 
I'm assuming you know it. I'll give you a little bit of background. These three Hebrew boys, which had been taken captive by the Babylonians, they had been castrated. Their parents were killed, probably in front of their eyes. Grandparents were killed. And if they weren't killed, they were enslaved in the most humble way you can be enslaved. These young men, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, really four of them, uh, were picked out of the group for their intelligence. Evidently, they had kind of a little test thing they went through, and they were looking for real smart children, kids who could remember well and kids who could learn well. And they picked out these boys because they could learn and serve them. I don't know about you, but as insult on injury that you are asked to serve the people that destroyed your nation, burnt your city, raised your temple, killed your mom and dad, maybe brothers and sisters, and you're brought to their country and made to serve them, basically. That, that, that's just big. That just goes against everything imaginable in a person's life. Imagine the, 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 the mental agony that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, by the way, even gave them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are their heathen names. That's not their original names, not their Hebrew names. They wouldn't even let them be named after their Hebrew names. They didn't want them to remember their past. They gave them heathen names, which oftentimes had to do with the heathen gods there. You want to see the great power of God demonstrated in your life, in real-life situations? I sure do. I long to see God's hand. Now, it's by the way, God is not far from each one of you. As born-again believer, he's actually in you by the blessed Holy Spirit. But God is, is uh, by, through nature, is screaming his existence. All over the place, I look and observe nature and I say, man, that's God. Man is kind of getting a little bit cocky about their technological advances and getting a little bit arrogant, you know, like we're going to come up with robots that will serve us. And, oh, that's what we need. We need robots as service. So that will be great. And they're even making movies about them, like there was some movie called I, Robot, and about a potential what would happen if robots are. But they, get, they show these robots on TV that, you know, can move around and they'll fall over in certain ways. And, and I think when I, in my house, I watch these little finches. They, they migrate down. I believe they're migratory finches. They're little, little birds like that. And I'm just... I'm amazed, absolutely amazed at the uh, agility of these little birds. I mean, just the sheer agility of these birds jumping around, eating bugs. I don't even see the bugs. They're eating these bugs. Think about them as a robot. Think about them like this, that they self-propagate. Now, what robot? It would be some kind of feat if you could create a robot that would build another one. It would also be a feat if you could build a robot that would heal itself because those birds heal themselves. They get wounded, they get injured, they can heal themselves. They can self-propagate. It would be amazing to build a robot that could feed itself. They would know what to, not, what to eat, what not to eat. And then 
not even going into the complexity of the amino acid digestive system in a bird that big, that he has to eat a lot of food on a regular basis because he is burning that cal. He's burning some calories, man. They're nervous. They're hopping all around. They're burning. I don't know what their heartbeat is. I don't know what their respiration is, but it's real high. I know that much. And they're burning some calories. In fact, I did a little research on some squirrels. Half of squirrels die because of uh, they don't get enough food when they're young because they have such a high metabolism. they got to have regular, constant eating. And mom and dad, the squirrel. Now, the squirrels at my house, they're living in Beulah land. I have bought literally hundreds of five-pound bags of peanuts. And uh, I have like a budget for peanuts. And we feed them peanuts, and they crawl up on our shoulders. Yeah, and these are the big ones. I got those small little gray squirrels, but the big, big fox squirrels. And I observe them, and the, the, one, the one fox squirrel, the, the most tame one of them all, allows me to touch its ear, and I think of it. And the ear is so, it's so small and, and delicate, and yet they can hear. Man, they can hear good. And I think about that. And they got hair on them, just the right amount of hair, you know, to cover them from mosquitoes. Because you wonder, how does any animal in Florida survive at night? You ever been out at night, folks? Well, unless you're some city slicker that lives where they spray for mosquitoes. But if you live where I live where they don't spray for mosquitoes much, you go out at night, a cloud comes around you. You live on the coast, all these people want to live by these mangroves. I love that. They want Everybody wants to live on the coast, on the coast. That's where the no seams are. And so those people who live on the coast, they can't go out at night hardly because the no seams just cloud around them and get in your ears and your nose and your, you know, just in your hair and just bite you up. And it's unbelievable. Now they have ways of trying to beat those back, but I mean, it's hard to win that war. I could go into the construction of a no seam. What, a, what an efficient, what an efficient bug. And as much as we have tried to kill them, Think how, we, think how much money we've spent on trying to kill mosquitoes. Think of the human effort at trying to get rid of mosquitoes. Now, now, mosquito, you know how small they are. Those mangrove mosquitoes are the smallest of the mosquitoes. Then we got this tiger mosquito. It's got like stripes in them, like a tiger shark. And you got all these different kinds of mosquitoes. And, and yet they, they live and they propagate. And, and they even resist being destroyed by man with all the efforts we got to try to spray them and fog them and kill them. And yet, they're, I think they're winning. Fleas. Try to get rid of all the fleas. You can't get rid of them. And so I could just go on and on and on. There is a God that, is, that, that made all of that, that thought about all that, that propagated all that and did all of that. Man. It's amazing. Our God is a great God. I want to see his hand. And, and, and I do see his hand in all that and so many more things. But I like to see his hand in my own life too. I want to see him do something in my life. I think most Christians long for the hand of God to be visible at some point in their life. No, we're not looking. Uh, the Bible does not have good things to say for people who look, they're looking for signs and wonders. You can just look it up yourself in the Gospels. An evil, a wicked and evil generation seeketh after a sign. Now, I know Pentecostal people, they're talking signs, 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 but folks, stop it. Stop looking for a sign. Start looking for Jesus. Look under, look under the author and finisher of your faith. 
Set your eyes upon the Lord Jesus. Quit looking for signs and wonders because the devil does signs and wonders too. He's got power to do signs and wonders and it's hard for us sometimes to discern who's who and all that. So I'm not putting my faith in signs and wonders. I'm putting my faith in the solid rock, Jesus Christ, and the word of God that's repeatable and readable and knowable under the blessed Holy Spirit. But God does things sometimes supernaturally. I like to see that once in a while when it shows himself strong on my behalf. The problem is sometimes we live our lives day by day. God's testing us with small things. Because you want to know, you ask the question, how did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get, get ready to go in that fiery furnace? Now let me go back for you that may not know the story. Okay, these three boys, this, uh, this king, Nebuchadnezzar, builds, a, builds an image to himself and Solid gold, and he says everybody's supposed to bow down and worship it. And they, of course, you know, they, they know that's not God, and they can't bow down and worship that. And so uh, everybody else in that area bowed down and worshiped that God, but they said they couldn't do it. And the king called them over and gives them a chance, says, maybe you made a mistake. Maybe you didn't hear right. Maybe you didn't see something. Go ahead and bow down now, because he liked Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were valuable to him as his servants. He didn't want to kill them. And so they said, well... No, we don't have to think long and hard. We don't have to think long and hard about answering you. Uh, uh, we're not going to bow down to this image. We're not going to do it. And, and if, if, we go, if you cast us into the furnace, he says, well, I'll cast you into fiery furnace. He says, well, if you cast into fiery furnace, uh, okay. Uh, God may or may not save us. They didn't, they didn't assume on God. They didn't get up there and say, well, God will save us through the fire. He didn't say that. They said, God may not. He may or may not. If he saves us, okay. If not, okay. Any way you do it, we're just going to trust God. He's going to take care of us. And he, of course, you know the story. They bound them, had the strong men bind them boys, and took them up to the mouth of the furnace. The furnace was so hot, it killed the guys that carried them up there. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, of course, go down in the furnace, fall down in there. And he looks in there. He's got a window at the bottom of that thing looking in there, and he sees four men walking in the flames, you know, talking. Four. It could be a Christ, what they call Christophany, which is a pre-appearance of Christ. Don't know about that. Many people believe it was a pre-appearance of Christ, and he was walking with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I don't know. It could have been Michael. It could have been Gabriel walking in the fire. What's wonderful is God can cause fire not to hurt you. We serve a great God, don't we? Man, I'm just excited about it. I mean, you know, fire had no power over them. He said, he finally asked them to come out. They come out, and, and you ever been around fire? You and all of you have. It don't take much smoke. One person with a cigarette in the restaurant, you'll smell like smoke when you go home. So they're in that fire. They come out and they smell them. They don't even got the smell of fire on their clothes. That's how good God, how thorough he is when he does something. Now, that's a big sign. I, I would have, personally, when I read those things about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I think sometimes, I don't know about you, I think, more. Well, I'd like to have been there and seen that. Of course, and I think, well, I've been one of those down, bow down. Boy, how would you like to have been one of them three Hebrew boys? And they saw the power of God. They saw the hand of God like nobody, Woo! Oh, it's big stuff. But you think that they just got to that like all, you think they got to the place where they were willing to die for, the, for their God and the faith of their God? Do you think they got there like all at once? Well, they got there little by little. God started them with small tests, small things to test their faith. Can you be trusted? If, you find, if God finds that you can be trusted, he'll work with you and help you and use you pass one test after another 
uh, he'll bring you to a bigger test the next time. And you pass that, and he'll bring you a bigger test the next time. So before these three Hebrew boys stood before King Nebuchadnezzar and said no, they had been practicing saying no to wrong for years. They've been practicing saying no for years. It all began, I believe, when Daniel and them made a decision. Then uh, there was all four of them made a decision. In Daniel chapter 1, I'll pick it up in verse 7 and 8. It says, Under whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name Belteshazzar, and to Hananiah he said Shadrach, and to Meshach, and to Azariah he said Abednego. So he renamed him. Verse 8, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat over the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now you know the story on that. The prince of the eunuchs said, now wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You've got to eat the king's food. You're under my, if, if I mess up and you're not, you're not con- taking care of the way I, I'm supposed to take care of you, he'll have my head on this thing. My life's at stake here. But he gave him a chance. He said, well, give us a chance. Let us eat vegetables. Let's eat vegetables and drink water. And let, you, let the rest of these boys, as you can, let them, let them eat meat and drink wine of the king's meat. And the king's meat, the king's wine, it was the best of the best that they had, that they, those boys got to be part, part of. So he says, let them have that, and, and uh, you let us have vegetables and water. Now, I don't believe the vegetables and water was what helped them. Don't you get on me and say, that's what it was. It was they didn't eat meat. If you quit eating red meat, you'll be like them. Stop it. You're taking the supernatural out of it. It was God honoring their faith, the fact that they wouldn't compromise the law of Moses, and they were willing to even die for the sake of keeping the law of Moses, and they weren't willing, they didn't want to eat that pork that they served and drink that other stuff that they had that was wrong. And so they said, we'll just... We'll rather die than they knew what Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they knew what they were laying on the line there. They were laying it on the line then. They passed. They passed. But what if they hadn't passed that test? I don't think they'd ever seen the lion's den. Daniel would have never seen the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were never seen the furnace. The big victory, the big glorious victory would have never been part of their life had they compromised all the small decisions down here. I'm going somewhere with this. Because God tests every one of us the same way he tested those boys. He tests you on small little decisions of right and wrong, right and wrong, right and wrong. Through the years of laying floor covering, when I started laying floor covering, 19 years old, as a subcontractor, he would test me. I'd have a stuff like I'd have a, a, a one of my my employer, which I subcontractor. He'd say, "Now, I don't have a three quarter inch pad to take to the job. That's what the people bought. All I have is half inch pad. They won't know the difference." Just go ahead and lay this half inch pad, and I look at the guy and I say, "You know, the first thing I'm going to tell him." is this isn't three-quarter-inch pad, this is half-inch pad. 
And say, well, you can't do that. You can't tell me. I don't have to record her. I said, don't send me to the job. Don't send me out to the job. I don't want to go because I'm going to tell them. And I determined in my heart. I tried to determine in my heart just like Daniel determined that I was dare to be a Daniel, dare to stand alone, dare to make a purpose firm, dare to make it known. I said, I just want to just going to tell the truth. I said, don't do this to me. I'm not going to lie for you. You lie for you. I'm not going to lie for you. It was a little test. It was a small test. He put me to school. Had me where I didn't have any money. I was broke. And every week, my little woman and I would get in the side of the bed and we'd say, Lord Jesus, help us have food this week. Uh, we were living just week to week, hand to mouth. Those were passing little tests. And do, do you trust me? God was saying, do you trust me if I can provide for you? I said, yeah, I trust you. It was scary. Little by little, test by test. Are you going to take the remnants after the job or are you going to give them to the people they belong to? Are you going to steal a nail? You know, they got a sign on the work site, steal a nail, go to jail. They got what they call no tolerance law on construction sites that you can't even take a nail to before anything. It's a jailable offense. You're not, it's not yours. Don't take it. Amen. If you steal on the small things, you'll steal on the large things. If you pass God's tests that come by you on small things of honesty and small things of virtue and small things of right, God will then crank it up to a larger test and you'll be able to see more of the power of God. The statement is this. Behind every compromise, God is waiting to show himself strong. I like that statement. Not original with me. But behind every compromise, God is waiting. In other words, if you just won't compromise the truth, God will help you, and he'll show you something else. He's waiting to bless you. He's waiting to encourage you. Pay all the taxes the government wants you to pay. That's what the Bible says. Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar, to God the things that are God's. Man, don't cheat God. Don't. Compromise your Christian character over a few lousy dollars. Somebody told me one time that they paid $70,000 a week taxes. Taxes. All I can say, you got to be making some money to pay $70,000 a week taxes. I bet Elon Musk pays more than that. Elon Musk pays way more than $70,000 a week taxes. I don't know about Trump, but I know about Elon Musk. But I'm telling you what, folks. My dad one time paid thirty, forty thousand dollars tax at the end of the year, and he said, "Now he's a depression boy. You got to understand depression people." That was a mass. That was a number that was beyond belief. That he's actually paying. That was more than he made in a year, many, many years. He said, "Bill, I paid thirty or what? It was about thirty-five, forty thousand that year." And he said, "I said, I said, what do you think about that?" And he says, "I think I made some money this year." He wasn't griping over the taxes. He was glad he lived in America in a place that allowed him to be able to, to work free and to be able to have freedom to work and pay his taxes. I'm not going to compromise myself. I've been to accountants before, and I said, I want you to add on for the tips that I received this, this year. I added on for the tips. Nobody's keeping track of those tips, but I kept kind of a mental note of what my tips were. I said, add on another $1,000 for tips so that I don't cheat God. I don't want to... I don't want to give it away on the small stuff. 
behind every compromise. If you don't compromise, God's waiting to show himself strong. What if Daniel had thought that for the food deal was just incidental? What if Daniel had given in to the fear of punishment? What if Daniel had worried about the way the head of the eunuchs would receive him, maybe as a troublemaker? What if Daniel had compromised? Well, I can tell you this. You wouldn't know the name Daniel. You wouldn't be in the Bible, and you wouldn't know who he was. But now Daniel's famous among us and among God's people and among heaven. Daniel, I was just went back and reread lots of Daniel the other night, and, and it said, Daniel's greatly, the angel Michael uh, and, and Gabriel, when he appeared to him, says, you're greatly beloved. I stopped my Bible when I hit that. And I, I got teared up. I said, oh, God. Oh, God, that you could think about me that way. Greatly beloved. Greatly beloved. Man, it don't get better than that. When one of the angels of God said, oh, Daniel, oh, you're greatly beloved. Why was Daniel greatly beloved? Why? Because he's true of heart. He wouldn't compromise truth. He was willing to die for truth. Rather than his own personal gain, he's willing to lay his personal gain down for the, great, for the, the truth of God. Boy, don't. Don't don't get don't don't give in to small things. But here's what happened in Daniel chapter one verse nine, because Daniel didn't compromise. It says now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. That's the God we serve. You do right, and God will cause you to be in favor with the people that can help you. Glory to God, Hallelujah. Reminds me one time when I was uh, going for a job, and I said, before I went out to look for a job, I said, Lord Jesus, please help me to have favor in the sight of the guy that was hiring. Then we want to go to these floor-covering places. And, you know, I had a new van. I was 19 years old, 20 years old. I had a new van, new tools, new clothes. I looked like a rookie if you ever saw one. I mean, what can you know at 20 years old? What can you know? So you're going in there and say, I'm a, I'm a floor cover mechanic. Well, what, what can you do? Well, I can lay carpet. I can do some vinyl. I can do some things. I can do a few things. You know, I can lay them, and I think you'll be happy with my work. I had so many other people much more experienced than I am to choose from. And I went into Mayfields in Greenville, South Carolina, and I desperately needed a job. I went into Mayfields, and there was a guy that was ahead over all the mechanics. His name was Mac. That's all I ever knew him by, Mac. That was it, Mac, M-A-C-K. And Mac took a liking to me. That's a southern phrase. He took a liking to me. That's all I can say. There's no reason for it. He came out, looked at my truck, looked at my tools, looked at my, my brand-new duds, and I said, I'll give you a shot. I'll give you a job. And after you do that job, I'll go look at it and if you, if you pass it, I'll give you another job. And he would, he would go out and inspect our jobs. And, man, I worked for Mayfields for years as I was going through Bob Jones University. Helped me make it through just the little things. I believe if you'll do right, God will help you. He'll, he'll go to bat for you. It says right there in verse 9, he went to bat for them. 
Look in verse 17 and 20 of Daniel 1. It says, as for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. Daniel had understanding in all the visions and dreams. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. Try to digest that a little bit. They had heavy-duty competition by the devil's people. The astrologers and magicians were out there, heavy-duty and smart people, intelligent people, photographic memory people. But God said, nah, that's nothing. When I bless somebody, they're going to come out, and they came out ten times better than all of those other people. God did that. What if Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had compromised on food early on? You'd never know about them. They wouldn't have received favor in the sight of the eunuchs. They wouldn't have received from God special abilities and gifts that made them ten times more valuable to Nebuchadnezzar than they had. Those three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, would not have had the courage and character to say no to the world's most powerful man that day in front of the fiery furnace if they had not said no many other little times. Behind every compromise in life, if you don't compromise, God is waiting to show himself strong. I hope you don't forget that. You're tempted to take a cigarette? What will you do? You're tempted to watch some central program? What will you do? You're tempted to steal a few pieces of paper, paper clip, pens, whatever, something that doesn't belong to you? What do you do? You're tempted to lie about? Cheat, shade, exaggerate in some area that you know is not to what the real truth is, what do you do? You're tempted to pretend, oh, this is going to pretend you're not a Christian in a group of heathen. What do you do? Do you laugh at a filthy joke when it's told? But what do you, what do, you do when a filthy joke is told? Remember, behind these little compromises, God's looking and waiting for you not to compromise so he can bless you. God wants to bless you. All of you, most of you people got kids understand this perfectly. Little wheelbarrow. Wheelbarrow lies. You can't give him. Now, you wanted to. Brother Brother Chris was, was planning on taking a little wheelbarrow out golfing with his little, with his little stick, you know, let him go golfing. He was going to take him out all wheelbarrow, love to go golfing. He got him a little clubs, you know, got him a little, and he's got plans on taking him out back to his house there in Fountain Lakes and going to let him hit the ball, you know, and, and golf. And boy, he know Wheelbarrow loved that. But then Wheelbarrow comes up at school and uh, they have, I think they have colors for behavior at school. Is that right? He gets colors. Uh, something I had to step in on as administrator. Now, rarely do I have to step in and correct teachers, rarely. Our teachers are self-managed for now, but I had to correct this. I heard that Wheelbarrow got pink, that he got a pink color for a day, pink. I said, no boys, no boys in our school going to get pink. Never, never know. I went to the teacher and said, just cut that pink out. The girls get pink, but the boys get black. <laughs> Boy does bad, they give them a black mark, you know, the black spot. 
to give them black stuff, but don't give them no pink, man. We don't need that in the day we live. Woo, we don't need that. So wheelbarrow, you know, Chris, now we already know this, but Chris got plans taking him out going golfing, and wheelbarrow lies to him and gets a black mark. Now, you know, as a good parent, you can't reward that boy. You can't say, well, boy, we're going to take you out and have a blast today and just reward you for being bad at school. Man, you can't do that. Why do you think God's less of a parent than we are? He knows how to take care of us. He knows he can't reward evil. But our God, like you, want to do good for your children. Man, you want, to, you want to pour the good on your children. You want to bless your children. You want to help your children. So God wants to bless us and help us and encourage us. And, but can we be trusted? Can we be? That's what that's all about. God is looking for somebody that can be trusted. Who will not back down? Who will not let fear rule? Who will not let weariness rule? Who will not let excuses rule? Who will not let passions rule? But you'll so, dedica- you'll so completely dedicate yourself to God that by the grace of God, like these boys, you'd rather die than disobey. You'd rather die. You say you got to be that crazy about it? You do. You do. Years ago, I was being, the devil was really hard on me. I mean, he was hot on me, tempting me in an area, hot on me. And I just got weary with resisting. And I, I just felt like, I just, I just took a stake out. Side and I put a stake down, a big old hammer, you know, a little mini sledgehammer, and I just drove that stake down. And every time I hit that stake, I said, I will not, 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 I will not. Who'd I do that for? Me. I'd rather die an early death. I'd rather get taken out in a motorcycle wreck. I'd rather have anything happen than a compromise on the God who gave himself for me. I believe in this room there could be future David Brainerds. In this room there could be future David Livingstons. Why not? Why not? Why not? I believe in this room there could be future William Carey's. Future Adoniram Judson's, future Hudson Taylor's, future Sam Jones, future D.L. Moody's, future C.H. Spurgeon's, and then the great women that have come along. There could be anybody in this which could be a, a great woman for God. It's up to you. God wants it. God wants you to be successful tonight. God wants to bless you tonight. God wants to encourage you tonight. God wants you to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to pass the ultimate test so he can put it in his book and so he can brag about you and say, look at what happened. Look at these boys stood for me. What if Joseph had only taken 10 minutes to lay with Potiphar's wife? Just 10 minutes. Where would he be today? What if Peter has stayed with a family fishing business 
and cared more about how am I going to make a living. Boy, people use that someday. Oh, there's going to be such regret at the judgment seat of Christ when people say, well, it was, I was trying to make a living. Nothing wrong with making a living as long as God's first. What would happen to the widow at Zarephath had not obeyed Elijah and fed him a little bread and a little meal? What if she said, look, I don't have enough to feed you, and I'm not going to feed you, and I'm going to cook it for my son, and they both died and starved to death. Probably never been heard of. You never know. But she fed Elijah her last meal. I don't know about you, but that was a tough test. That was a tough test. A woman loves her child. She only had one, one enough oil. She only had enough oil to meet a meal to feed them, and then she was going to eat it and die. And that, to me, that was a massive test for a woman, especially going, man, that's going to a woman's heart. He said, and Elijah, sometimes I want to get mad at Elijah. You feed me first. What kind of a guy is he? He wanted her to be blessed. And she said, okay, I'll feed you. And she cooked it up for him and gave it to him. And he said, go collect some vessels in the neighborhood and start pouring them out. Our God never is debtor to those who will risk themselves for him. He'll not be a debtor to you. He'll bless you past belief, past what finding out. Behind every compromise, God is waiting, if you won't compromise, to bless you like he did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What if? What if? Father, help us tonight. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for the, the, the uh, factual accounts that you've placed in the book for us, for the people who've gone before us that, oh, God, help us not to compromise the truth. Situations that you set up in life that are set up, help us not to fall to the flesh. Help us not to think of the temporal more importantly than we think of the eternal. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church, Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.